Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm John. I'm Charles. I'm Audie. And I'm Seth. And uh, we've got some exciting uh, discussion, and I think, this today. This is my new big mug. <laughs> yes, it is. Think, Drink uh, it in in all of its glory. I think John may be making up for a lack of something. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're going to be talking about um, Barbarella. Uh, this month is the 50th anniversary of Barbarella, and um, in honor of that, we thought we would watch the show and uh, talk about it and uh, give you our impressions. Now, I had never fully seen the show um, until I watched it with you guys, really. Mm-hmm. And um, Had any of us? No, oh, I've I, never I, seen I, it. I've seen it. I haven't it. seen it at all. I have seen it. And okay. I, I totally, uh, it, it wasn't something that, was jumping to memory. Right. But seeing it with you guys, yeah. well, I didn't see it with you guys, but... <laughs> you were there in spirit. Discussing it with you guys. Yes. Thinking of us watching it with you. He was there in Mathmos. Yeah. Uh, honestly, <laughs> it is, I would highly recommend it as a group experience. Yes. Because the back and forth between the people when they do some of the things that they <laughs> yeah. do is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good show, I thought. Um, I did, too. Interesting uh, design choices. Uh, it's the first time I'd ever seen a uh, spacecraft interior with shag, shag carpeting shag everywhere. I think it's just, I don't think it's shag. I think it's just straight up fur lining. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was shag. It was like, it looked like some of the really, really extravagant shag from the 70s because, I mean, I was there. Yeah. yeah. And they, they did love their shag. Yeah. Oh, they love their shag. Well, I, I missed the 70s, so... Yeah. Well, I've, I had friends whose whole vans were covered like that inside. <laughs> so, I know. Well, there you go. And it's like, you know, <laughs> there's nothing good happening in, in a van that has, like, shag carpet on the walls. <laughs> so, yeah. My but folks would always tell me that the van. when I was about 10 years old, <clears throat> and they asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I said, I just want to be in an air-conditioned, because air-conditioning was relatively yeah, new yeah. when I was young. I want to be in an air-conditioned. How air old con- are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was available in a lot of businesses, but, yeah. you know. Um, but <laughs> I would tell them I wanted to be in an air-conditioned motel room with a computer and a blue shag carpet. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very specific life goal. I know, it yeah. was. It was. Do you still visualize that, what you were thinking? I do. How, I still have it right here. How many inches was the shag? Oh, it was probably like <laughs> So that. a good three or four yes. inch. Oh, oh yeah. that, That's a straight that up is, 70s shag right there. That, that is that so is, weird. It, yes. but, but it was so normal in like 1972. And, and yeah. when I, <laughs> it and, was. Yeah, and when I saw Barbarella in her spaceship, oh. basically air-conditioned motel room, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, surrounded by computers. Right, Ooh. with the shag carpeting. It wasn't blue, of course, 
but it brought all those memories flooding sure. back to me of wow. what I wanted when I grew up. Yes. And now that it's vocalized, what, what could yeah. have stay been. tuned for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Where the entire studio will be redone in three-inch blue shag. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That, you know, I, You'd have be. to vacuum the walls. Yeah. No. Especially with Yellow Labs. I'm actually surprised yeah. it disappeared in sci-fi because I think we had a discussion about yeah. how many injuries on Star Trek could have been, been avoided <laughs> if they just had shag carpet. Yeah, on or all the consoles. Padded walls. We yeah. never had that conversation, but we should. No, well, we, we did. did. We yeah. missed it. Yeah, we did at the at the viewing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. yeah. Every time the Enterprise gets hit, somebody crashes their head into a yeah. console. What if that was like, just like had some nice? We watched it, then we went out for lunch, and then we just kind of said, "Oh well, yeah." You see the gravity go out, and they're all clinging to the shag. Yeah, give you something to hold yeah. on to. <laughs> I like it. I do. That is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Well, I mean, you know, look at how cars have evolved. When I was a kid, cars had metal dashboards. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I can remember Dad hitting the brakes and people hitting their heads on that metal console when we were kids. Yep. And um, the back of, uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a little scar yeah. here on my forehead somewhere. This explains when, a few things about how Bill yeah, is the way he is today. Right. <laughs> when, when I was a kid, we, were, we took a vacation somewhere and we had this big, long station wagon. And us, a bunch of us kids were way in the way back. Uh, part of the station wagon. Not strapped down and, uh, in any way, means, or... No, down. not strapped down. There weren't and any. the back seat, yeah. um, the the very rear seat, had like this metal trim around the back edge of it with a little metal lip that stuck up about that far. And I don't know, us kids were wrestling, fighting, arguing, screaming, scratching, and Dad had had enough, and he slammed on the brakes. Said, I, I hit the brakes, and I flew forward and hit my head on that seat, cut my forehead open, and... Oh, of course, my mom went postal when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my dad was in the doghouse for quite a while well, from that. I mean, a, a well-designed early 70s car. Uh, it's a death trap. It's a death trap. Getting in an accident will kill the family, but you just hose off the dashboard. It's ready to go. Right, right. So, so, so my point is. Could we be designing spaceships like that? No, yeah. but, but, no but my point yeah. is. We, we learned the lesson now, look at today, and cars have all these safety features, soft backs, you know, rounded edges everywhere, padding, and all this kind of stuff, seat belts, Sound like airbags. Sounded like a little tiny senior moment there. Back in my day. Yeah, uh, right. The, the, now the, you would think cars killed people. spacecraft yeah. would be sure. designed because... They, they should all have crumple zones. Right, yeah. and yeah. They're, they're subject to a lot more forces than an automobile would be when yeah. you make changes in space or you hit debris or something like that. You've got a lot more kinetic energy there because you're going at higher speeds. Oh, well, that's why you have shields, though, so... If you right. have them, that's, that's yeah. very beneficial. But, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, look at the Enterprise. When they were rocking and the guys would fly yeah. this way into this console and then yeah. they'd fly that way and slam yeah. into that console... But, and if they had them all padded and shag carpeting, yeah. there might have been a lot yeah, less I, I injuries. I just see Chekhov right now just grabbing onto his fur line or his, his yeah, shag holding line console, on. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to get All right, yeah. so one of the things I liked about uh, about The Expanse was, like, when the Rosinante gets shot, the stuff just goes, like, straight through it. It doesn't just it doesn't uh, do a whole bunch of the ship rocking stuff. Yeah, right. But if they had that shag carpeting everywhere, <laughs> when, the, when the hull is breached, 
it just gets filled with the shag. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It would be a self-sealing deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like that uh, tire fill stuff. When you have a flat fix of flat, you just pump it in and it's yeah. got stuff in it that fills your leaky tire and gets yeah. you on the road at least for a while. Saved by the shag again. <laughs> well, space would make a good vacuuming system. Yeah. Just every so often, you just yeah, open the part of it. Yeah. NASA, open the clean. NASA yeah. call us. We've got great ideas. We have great ideas. We do. <laughs> yes. The vacuuming, the disinfecting, all the things. Now, the part that I thought was most interesting was the beginning. After the credits. Yeah, you... Oh. After the credits. <laughs> I was going to say, of course you found that part interesting. Well, and, <laughs> and uh, Barbarella gets a call from the president of uh, Earth and the Sol system. Well, you missed the part where she was, like, the first five minutes she's taking off a spacesuit. Yes. For some reason she's in the shag, shag mobile, which right. is what, you know... I'll call her spaceship from now on, but uh, <laughs> the shag ship. She decides to wear almost no clothes on an alien planet, but for some reason, inside of her own ship, she's wearing this really terrible spacesuit that's right. coming off a piece at a time. Right. And obviously, it's like photo porn. Now, the interesting thing about that was we actually looked up because we, we were wondering how that was filmed. Was she? I was wondering how they did with that. Wires. Yeah. Did they? Did, did she have to hold her breath? Very, while it was very drained from the. No, the, it was very low tech. She's actually sitting on a plus. large plexiglass sheet up above the shag. ship, the shag ship, with the camera shooting straight down from the from above, and then she's just kind of. You know, twisting rolling. around, rolling around on the plexiglass and oh. kicking oh, off her suit. I thought you were talking about the draining. The, you remember when her visor oh, comes right. out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like in a fishbowl. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was strange. We never could figure out why that was necessary. Why or how they did that. Yeah. It's like, it's like her eyes are like right above the rim like this. I know. You know he's, he's like, Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's how the spacesuit would work. It's like, I sure hope nothing's happening down here <laughs> where I can't see. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was quite strange. But to go back to what I was saying was she gets a call from the president, and she says, well, excuse me, I'm going to go put on something, you know, some clothes. No, no, and it's a says, matter of state. Yeah, no, no, this is no, a matter no, of no, state. No, <laughs> That's no, not no necessary. <laughs> All yeah. the while looking down. Yes. Like... Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think he was kind of a creepy president. Yeah. We wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Right. Now, so then she gets the order from the president to go seek out Duran Duran. And we're not talking about the band. We're talking about. Although, where did well, they go? Technically, we are. Where did they go? The Duran Duran, the band? Yeah. Just don't, just they just disappeared. Playing the Iowa County Fair and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Out there. Did they turn evil? <laughs> they may have, they may have been absorbed, um, yeah. So she's so Duran Duran is the name of a, a mad scientist essentially who's created this power particle weapon, right? And Earth's afraid that it's going right. to fall into the wrong hands. Well, he's created at this point. We know he's created a weapon, yeah. and and she's like, "What? Why would anyone need a weapon? We <laughs> haven't had weapons in." Centuries. Years, centuries. Yeah. yeah. And then she loads up her arm loads with uh, weapons. Before well, he sends her. He sends her. Oh, that's right. Through yeah. the atomizer. Yeah. 
uh, basically Barbarella's version of a transporter. Yeah. Uh, these guns that they happen to have in, in the archive museum somewhere, right? And one of them has like a hand, hand on the end of the stock. It's a handgun, Bill. That's right, handgun. He stole my joke. <laughs> thank, thank God someone did. <laughs> thank God. You know what? That's it. I, I was saving this for an opportune moment, but if anyone watching may have noticed this on the table, there is a reason for this. Um, I have decided to dedicate my life to the dark gourd. And from this point forward, I will I be... I know where you can stick that gourd. <laughs> I will be a member of his... It looks like it's already been there. Force. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It looks... Those of you listening on, listening yeah. just via audio, may not have been able to see just a little bit of a little bit of John Die right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna give you a shot of that. Yes, dude. I mean, I, I'm seriously. We should like change the name of the show to the Wine and Cheese Show. Because <laughs> it's like sometimes we whine about social issues on here. <laughs> But you always had the cheesy puns. <laughs> so it's like little wine, little cheese. I'm just trying to figure out what outfit I need to be an acolyte uh, of the dark gourd. I think the... Well, you I have to have a funny hat to go with it. Well, I feel Maybe that, a... Yeah, there you go. Right hat there. that looks well, like the stem well, of the gourd. What Dildano was wearing. <laughs> work out just, well, who, was, who was another well, star. Another well, star of Barbarella. Of, of Barbarella. Right. The but valiant leader of the resistance. Yes. Need an outfit with a pumpkin patch. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to everybody for that. See, no, you're I not. think <laughs> you're down to, I think he's down to like 9,000 now. <laughs> we were talking about and the number of puns, the his pun allotment. It looks like some kind of weird four-assed creature <laughs> that, that just roams the world. <laughs> you know, its mouth would be on the bottom. Well, I saw this, and I thought it was unique enough that it fit our podcast. It's not like a normal pumpkin gourd type thing. It's vaguely pumpkin-shaped for those of you listening in audio. Um, It's it's black, and then it has these odd ass-like protrusions all around its equator. (laughs) Equator. (laughs) Need some googly eyes. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Uh, yeah. I kind of looked around, but I couldn't find any at the store where I picked that up. That so. would be awesome. Yes. We may have to come up with a, a name couple of for green him. fitted olives. Um, we have a mascot now. Yeah. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Until he rots. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's too bad. Mascot, mascots are best when you replace them at a regular interval, though. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm going to call it Veggie Overlord because <laughs> I, think veggie it, Overlord. I think it wants to conquer us. I yeah. Gotta, I well, I think it, it could. It looks belligerent. It does. Uh, at least four of the five ass faces look like it means business. Right. We yeah. could come up with a whole uh, a whole mythology around the many assed dark gourd. Oh yes, the many assed dark gourd. Yep. <laughs> it was as terrible. Which as Which I grape. think may be the name of the this episode. <laughs> <laughs> many assed dark gourd. I like it. I do. I like that a that lot. That is a great episode name. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. <laughs> Done. We need a gavel. Yes, we do. <laughs> You've got the dark gourd. Yes, you do. And...
done. <laughs> so that was nice. Oh, that was that nice. was appropriately yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. science, science fictiony. Yeah. yeah, almost sounded like he was firing excited. photons like, at the same it, time. He like was we're sending the dark gourd to the phantom zone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Condemning it to the mathmos. The yeah. mathmos. <laughs> so the mathmos math was math another um, character, essentially, I guess, in the show. It was the personification of evil in the form of a um, um, energetic lamp. liquid. Yeah. I don't know if it was evil insofar as it, it, it's innate. It's innate nature. I feel that whoever that uh, dark queen was. Mm-hmm. Just fed it evil, and then it, that's, that was its diet. I, I, well, well he said, it refused to eat uh, Barbarella because well, right. it was too because, good. Because right. it, it had refined a diet of evil for a great. You're saying I, I it would wondering. have given her indigestion, given I'm, it indigestion. Perhaps a, a, a less uh, tainted Matmos would just take anything. Uh, well, take anything. Maybe if you fed it positive energies, it would be a, so, a yeah, positive. So, well, that so Barbarella is like gluten. Uh, it, <laughs> to the to the evil Matmos, yes, yeah. yes, just like yeah. So so like the Matmos intolerance. Barbarella made it vomited fart. vomited up Barbarella and Pygar. Pygar was this um, blind angel. blind angel who had lost the will to fly. Until I thought he, I thought he lost the will to act. To tell you the truth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He seemed yeah. a little flat. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> yeah. But he'd lost the will to fly until such time as Barbarella inspired him. inspired him in a way that only she could do. Yeah. yeah. How did she do that, Bill? Shag carpeted him. <laughs> Shagged him. Yeah. Well, uh, John, when uh, Barbarella and an angel man feel very strongly for each other. Uh, you just made Barbarella and Pygar their own genders. I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> you may be right. You may be right on that. Actually, I think I think the Ketchman is his own gender. The Ketchman, <laughs> Ketchman was a weird character in the show. The first character that introduces Barbarella to normal sex, what we call normal sex, um, the sex that Barbarella has in the future, they, they take a pill... They hold their hands out towards each other like this for a minute or until full rapture is achieved. They think real hard. Yeah. Right? Sex is thinking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And causes hair to undergo <coughs> weird transformations. Yeah. Because yeah. So, like, he was actually, it's like one of the first films, Sasquatch sightings. Cause he yeah, was, I think so. <laughs> literally, it's like... But so, it was hilarious that he had that first suit. Uh, he had a fursuit for the our listeners. Right. Uh, and what was it like? Describe it, it. It was it was literally, honestly, it, it was kind of like a, a fake uh, gorilla suit. He, right. it, he it, reminded it, it, me of a clean shaved Wookie. Yes, yes, <laughs> it, like a like a Wookie outfit without the head. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he was all he had a, like a full beard. Right, and this it, is because he lived in the frozen wastelands of Weir, which Barbarella is running around in like a, a bikini. Right, mm-hmm. and so he's wearing yeah, this like full fur yeah, like suit. Yeah, full fur suit. She's running around in tights and a bikini, basically. But then he well, takes it cape. off. He takes it off, and he's like <clears throat> more fur underneath. Know, where they found this this shaggy hairy man? This, well, yeah, this this hairy Italian well, 
monstrosity. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure they just like glued more hair to him. Did you think they added hair? Cause, yeah, uh, I guess yeah. there was hair in places because like right here, yeah, on the shoulder, not underneath in the armpit, on the top of the shoulder. Well, he was an yeah. alien. Well, yeah, I, I thought but he was a human. I think he was actually the one good guy. Yeah. Because uh, he could have been a good guy. No, he was the good guy because why, why, why couldn't he be a good guy? Because he's working for uh, the. Oh, the. Well, I mean, because he's working for the evil organization. Yeah, he was the catchman. He would catch the children and take them for. But the every time services. And every well, time. Yeah, but let's say they were calling the children. It's like. <laughs> Let somebody else talk. <laughs> sorry. Please, every time. Please continue. The other people had hand sex, and Angel went <laughs> blind. Oh God! Well, maybe, maybe I should just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Are you trying to reuse up all those nine thousand bad points in this show? In this show, in your endo, yeah. So, but uh, not not only does he work for the evil organization, but he repairs Barbarella's stabilizers in reverse. In reverse, yeah. Well, and he. Nets children. Well, the children are legitimately evil, so Mm. maybe he's like ultimately morally neutral, but I think he's actually a bad guy. Are the children evil or are the children just left to their own devices? Because it sounds to me like they were just left to go wild and run around the force of weird doing whatever they wanted to until they reached, quote, a serviceable age. Whatever that means. And then the catchman. Then yeah. the catchman would go out, yeah. round them up, but, and take them back to Sogo, which was the capital city but built so, over yeah. the Lake of Mathmos. But they are wild kids capable of programming their dolls and giving right. them metal teeth. Right. So that they will eat strangers. Eat strangers, strangers. alive. But they couldn't digest the strangers, so what are the, where's all that meat going? What do you think the kids eat? Hmm. Ah. Raw, shredded alien person. person. Hmm. And every single kid there was a creepy twin. Yeah, that was weird. Maybe twins are commonplace on that planet. And evil? They never explained that. And I think that was pre-public thinking twins were evil. Mm. I'm not sure. Well, I have to agree. Twins twins are evil. (laughs) All the twins I know. What made you say that, Adi? Life experience. It, yeah, it, yeah. It is the official stance of Galactic Driftwood that all twins are evil. Yes. <laughs> here, here. I don't know that that's the stance we necessarily want to take <laughs> no. on twins. Right. Just because um, there, there, there might be some. I think twins are fine. I, I, I I've yeah. never experienced an evil twin. Now, wait, now here's a question: When you say evil twin, your evil you're twin not, not talking not about beard? both twins being evil. When I say evil twin, there's, there's twins, and one of them is an evil twin, right? Well, one of them's always. But you're saying, Audie, comparatively evil. They're they're evil. They're both both they're, uh, tandem evil. It doesn't matter. Both no, are evil. Both are evil. Yeah. So <laughs> does it matter where you put the apostrophe? Is that what you're? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I think Audie's had a traumatizing experience with twins as a young child, yes. and maybe he's blocked. It. No, not a young child. All through my adult life. <laughs> so would your t- evil twin be clean shaven? Probably, right. and, he, and he'd probably be good. You're, yeah, yeah I'm, from I'm my good. perspective. From <laughs> your perspective, you're assuming that our resident mad scientist isn't the evil twin. Ah. 
He is evil, Lorca. <laughs> I think Barbarella could, could have used some adult female twins that were good. Okay, please, just please justify just that. <laughs> please. You mean as part sidekicks for her? For her yeah. Like yeah. kind of like there's a crew on the Enterprise and you right. follow you need, you need some Picard twins. and Riker and all that. You'd well, have Barbarella. Why do they, why do they have to be female? Because I'm talking about the kind of twins I like. <laughs> <laughs> He's requesting more yeah. scantily yeah. clad women for any than other, Barbarella. For any other show, I would say that's gratuitous, but <laughs> it's Barbarella, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. So so we had the children with the bizarre metal-mouthed dolls. And <clears throat> you would think that Barbarella could just get away from the kids. I mean, she's an adult. They're children. Half her size. Yeah. And she's just kind of docilely letting them tie her up with ropes. and She succumbed to their, their children. What can they do? They're harmless. Um, and then they bring out the metal teeth dolls. Yeah. Well, they'd already knocked her out with a diamond, right? Right. Which was odd that they disguised it inside of a snowball. Well, they didn't want to kill her. Oh, they, they softened the blow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't... Yeah, all right. So they didn't want to kill her. They just wanted to kill her by doll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's the supervillain. Well, they wanted to keep the Hence, meat fresh until they were ready for it. Hence why Audie thinks of twins as truly evil. Yeah. They don't want to kill you until they're ready to kill you. Checks out with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, I can buy that. So then, uh, so the Catchman rescues Barbarella from the children with the chomping dolls and introduces her to good old-fashioned sex. And then, um, while she's recovering, he goes out and misrepairs her spaceship. Repairs it in reverse. Repairs yeah. it in reverse. And so she thanks him. She boards the spaceship. She takes off for Sogo and then realizes that the stabilizers are repaired in reverse. The ship starts to crash back towards the planet, and she has it activate the subterranean drilling systems, which every Wait, ship, every house. spaceship should be equipped Makes with subterranean drilling systems. Makes sense on a spaceship to have yeah. subterranean systems. It well, does? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, uh, you're for the space. same reason why you don't want to, like, take your spaceship into an ocean because they're actually designed to resist pressure in exactly the opposite way. And it's like, I, I think they said it best on Futurama when they took their spaceship underwater and they asked the professor, how, how many pressures can this ship take? I don't know, somewhere between zero and one. <laughs> like, right. And that's about right because yeah. you're designing it to hold in the air. Right. Not to resist pressure from outside. So it's two different right. actual designs. But now, so they did that in uh, one of the Star Trek movies, right? The J.J. Uh, Abrams movie. They had the Enterprise under the ocean. And um, could that work with the Enterprise using their structural integrity fields? Would that make a difference? That sounds like a question for our resident engineer. Yeah, <clears throat> with a lot of knowledge about structural integrity fields. <laughs> based based so on your... Obviously it works. <laughs> I, I mean, Charles, based on your extensive experience with starship design and uh, <laughs> energy physics, well, what do you think? 
Bear in mind, this just, is a person who, when we drive by th- uh, on bridges that he says he <laughs> yeah. designs, like, I wouldn't drive on that. <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't. No, you yeah. shouldn't. No, I, shouldn't. Mean, I mean, you can, but you right. really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but no, I think if, if, um, if giving submarines wings was a good idea, we would have done it a long time ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of do have wings. Those... Uh, Flying subs? No, no. They, subs. Uh, yeah. I saw that on Voyage. Those to the wings the on the uh, yeah. conning tower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are those are more stabilizers. stabilizers well, what are wings? <laughs> yeah, water yeah. wings. Yeah, essentially. Make yeah. it hydrodynamic as opposed to aerodynamic. Right. And different than Barbarella's stabilizers. Yeah. Right. They actually work. <laughs> well. As long as you don't repair them in reverse, they work fine. <laughs> so, see, Charles, this was your opportunity here to talk about structural integrity fields yes. because there's nobody that could contradict you. Yeah, you could say the gizmo goes into the whatchamacallit. Yeah. And it's like everyone's like, you oh, could be, science. You it's could science. be the world's number one expert on, on integrity structural fi- integrity fields. Structural integrity fields, yes. You yeah, are. We're, yeah no. we're going to actually just start claiming you the the world's expert on that, and who's going to say? We might no. have to change his title on the website yeah. from chicanery extractor to structural integrity field expert. Yeah, I just, like just that. I do. Just don't make me the erection specialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you keep saying the, the bridges you erected that, are going to go down. That was so apparently like, the. Sorry. No, please. That uh, that the that was apparently the catchman phase. <laughs> yeah, the erection yes. expert. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so we so we had the catchman. Is, is that one of Charles's puns? I think that counts. I do. It could. It's just yeah. one. Takes yeah. him down to eight thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> Should there be a scale? Uh, I mean, in terms of both uh, badness and intensity, that I think we'll have to work oh. on that. We'll ask our listeners to contribute. Uh, scaling ideas. S- please send all your puns to John for scaling and grading. <laughs> Ranking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you can just respond to this. Uh, I mean, we have a uh, on the YouTube uh, the, uh, channel we post on, you can put comments, right? Yeah. Yes. Put comments there. There you go. Yeah. Or you can also comment on the website. Or, and Twitter. And Twitter. At Facebook. And yes. We're everywhere they want to we be. We kind of are now, aren't yeah. we? We're, we're, like, we're like Big Brother. Yeah, which is the ex- big exciting news that I alluded to last time, actually. Uh, two things. One, we're now on Spotify. Uh-huh. Yay. Yay! And there was much rejoicing. Yes. Yay. It took a while. So now we literally are everywhere you want to be. And, um, and then we have a special announcement for the end of the show about next show. But... Uh, we'll get to that then. I don't want to spoil the surprise too soon. <clears throat> so back to Barbarella. So we have the catchman, then she leaves there, and uh, she crashes underground, right? She drills into the planet. Her ship hits a harder rock than I guess she was expecting to drill through. It crashes. It's further damaged. She gets out of the spacecraft and passes out on the ground, and all of a sudden, here's this, you don't see his face, you just see kind of his arms, his hands, feeling her face and her torso, you know, because unbeknownst to us, he's a blind angel. So he's trying to figure out who she is with his hands by, by a touch. 
and we come to find out, yeah, yeah, we come to find out that he's Pygar, the depressed angel. And not a frat boy uh, feeling of right. the unconscious yeah. girl. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and not angel food cake. <laughs> no. Pygar. Right. And, and not cake gar. And no, <laughs> no. It, it hurts. It does. From every direction, the puns are coming. It hurts so bad. Well, Pygar is much more American. You, you mean like apple Pygar? <laughs> oh, everywhere. They're coming from everywhere. It hurts. Poor John's being pun mold to death. <laughs> You know, that should have killed me. I, I am not sure how I lived through that. That was, that was so much. It's like, ow. Uh, so we have Pygar, the, the blind angel. <clears throat> um, Very full of personality. Yes. <laughs> not. And then he takes her to the underground maze where she meets... Uh, the scientist, what was his name? Doctor. Oh, Doctor P- uh, Ping. 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 Doctor yeah. Ping. You know who that was? Yeah, Marcel Marceau. Yeah, and his only speaking role. I know. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And Marcel Marceau. Why he only had the famous. one role? Well, I mean, obviously, this wasn't <laughs> the the role he should have debuted in. But yeah. it's like. But for those who don't know, Marcel Marceau is a famous mime. Mimes are non-speaking actors, and so this was a speaking role for him. And he wasn't even in white face makeup or anything, like a mime. This was also one of the very so first comic book adaptations. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I now I don't know how the MCU was created after this. <laughs> it was like really. You think they would have seen that and said, "No, we're not nope, doing that." Yeah, that's no well, way. yeah. We're why, out. why should we do that? Look at Barbarella. That's why we're not. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, well, Barbarella was wasn't it a pretty big hit at the time? It in, went over in, huge in England. In, yeah. yeah, in England, but not so much in the United States. Yeah, which at that time was the market they were shooting for. Now it's like the the overseas uh, options are huge, and it can actually like swing a deal for a remake. But it's like. Back then. Not, back then, not so much. Well, I think comic book movies have survived worse since then. The Batman, what was it? Batman, Batman Returns? Ro- Batman, Batman and Robin. And Robin. Yeah, Bat mm-hmm. Nipples. Yeah, that was bad. Batman was Forever. So bad. Batman Forever, Green Lantern. Uh, we can't forget the Batawang. No, that, that never actually made it into a movie. That's well. not a movie, but you know, you know. Now you say it, I think there should be a three-part uh, movie series about the Batawang. <laughs> how how Batman's penis fights crime. I I, I I like it. I can see it. I'm gonna rule thirty for you there. It probably already exists. Yeah, oh, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the deep dark realm of 4chan, I'm sure it's it's a, it's a big deal. I know what, nothing more of current such matters. than 4chan. There are other sources for your weird comic book porn than 4chan. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I think we have another expert here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am not going to claim expertise on that. Uh, <laughs> but. The, I, but. I, see, I, I, have, a, uh, I felt a butt coming. But here's where it's you like, can find your comic book mm. porn. Here's the list. Top ten. It's called Google. <laughs> Google it. Yes. <laughs> right. 
feel there's another. So Pygar. You're hiding from us. So Pygar takes her. She meets Dr. Ping, right? Scientists. And uh, she realizes that in order to find Duran Duran, she has to get to Sogo, which is this city built on top of this ocean of um, what they call it, energetic fluid. <clears throat> yeah, some, something yeah. like that, but more ridiculous. I can't remember because yeah. it was, it was like, energy in fluid form or... Yeah, something like that. Anyway. I can't remember the specifics, Evil. unfortunately. The, the, the words oh, they use energy really in liquid yeah. form. Oh, there you go. Oh, energy in liquid had form. I Excellent. So, uh, which we find out feeds on evil. And, um, and then in return for the, because all of the good people of Sogo were kicked out and sent to the maze mm -hmm. to, to die. <clears throat> Only evil was in Sogo. And um, so she had to go there to try to find this Duran Duran because he's supposedly in Sogo. And um, so after having sex with Pygar and restoring his desire to fly, he takes off with Barbarella, and she tells him where to fly to get to the city of Sogo. And then, of course, the city of Sogo, the aerial defensive forces, are attacking them in these flying ships. And Barbarella's using her various assorted guns to blow them out of the sky. So Barbarella was a much better shot than the professional well, not only that, defensive forces of Sogo. But, but he claimed, the angel claimed, that they didn't have love. He was love. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Right. So she became one with him. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting, this uh, character who had no understanding of why anybody would develop a weapon. Yeah. Was very proficient with using a weapon. <laughs> yes, right. Never shot a weapon, and yet she was able to take out every ship she shot well, at. Just yeah. that one time. Uh, I mean, she pulled a weapon on the kids in the cave, and they promptly took that away from her. <laughs> it was just like most of the time she tried her weapons, it's like they just took it away. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So that one time, no, she was really good at it. But yeah. for most of the time, it's like, well, no. Uh, and, I, you know, I was very curious when she ran out of ammo in the one handgun that she had. She stuffed it down Pygar's bird shorts. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yes. Right? And I wondered why, why in the hell, you know, it's an empty gun. She has no replacement ammo on her I think scant, she scantily clad outfit that she had. intended to use it as a bluff. Right. Well, yeah. it, that's how she ended up using it, yeah. right? So but, that. But the real purpose of that was proof for later that there actually was an attended plot to the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, right. Something that there was some forethought. Into at least one action, there was some forethought yeah. that it would come in handy later. Right. If someone took a note saying, you know, <laughs> maybe this right. will come in useful later. Right. And it's like, there's a later, there's a before, there's no timeline. But it's like, yes. I think it was more or less, what can we do to torture Pygar? Oh, I know. She can stick this gun down his bird shorts and then stick her hand up there and fish around for it later. Yeah. And, you know, 
Nobody needs to see a blooper reel of her pulling yeah. real weird stuff out of Pygar's pants. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. It was a blender in here. It's like, I don't even understand where that could have been. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it would it had to be. Would the blooper reel of this show be awesome? I can't see how it would be anything less than, actually better than the show we saw. Yeah. It I seems to me there would be, be a lot of laughter. Yes. Yeah. Well, you'd hope. Yeah. yeah. You'd hope it was all laughter and not just. Yeah, disgust and I, tears. Or, or, or if they're serious, if they're serious about this, I, right. that would make me. That's tragic. No, yeah. no. Take this they couldn't have been serious. I maintained that they just hot boxed the entire set and set an entire bale of weed on fire for the whole thing. <laughs> you know that, and that would actually explain a lot. <laughs> that would. It's like under that context, yeah, <laughs> that works. It's like okay, well they did that. Okay, that's, uh, there we go. Makes it much do, easier to watch. How do we design a spaceship, man? Just fur all over on the walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like a badly designed camper shell, but yeah, yeah it's, it's our spaceship. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, let's, and let's the first that. character, let's just, any extra fur we have, we'll just put on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a few extra, patch it to his shoulder. It's, yeah. like, it's okay. Right, he's an alien. So, uh, yeah, so one of the things about the Catchman is, uh, it's like, he takes off that fur, and his vehicle is full of other furs. So I'm just assuming that they were all just his. Yeah. That he grew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like he, and, and took off at some point. He's like a, a space sheep. And they, they just <laughs> they, 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 they shear, shear him, him periodically. Yeah. He shears himself and makes his own outfits. <laughs> I was hoping he was a trapper, but this is. This makes more sense. Because I didn't yes, see many animals. Makes. <laughs> More sense in Barbarella. Yeah, I mean those, so, those words shouldn't actually exist. The, the only animal, that. the only animal we saw in the forest of Weir was that ice bat thing that was totally yeah. hairless, the, and it just looked like yeah, the squid. Yeah, the, the ice, rubber the squid horse, or whatever. It was. Yeah, yeah, the stingray. Stingray. Yeah. yeah, that pulled the um, ice skating twins yeah. with the captured Barbarella to the. That no way looked like ship. a repurposed yeah. raincoat. No right, way, yeah. In no way at all. Yeah, no. It's like absolutely the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look fake at all. No. So, yeah, my self-grown rug room, that's not creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. All what right, so. Creepy. Now, <clears throat> yeah. There's so, so many creepy moments I, in this movie. Yeah, I don't think I, I could have gone there on my own. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Barbara, Barbarella finally and, and Pygar finally get to Sogo. Right, mm -hmm. and they land there, and and Pygar says, "No, we have to go in a back door because to be seen with an angel would be an anathema, basically." And, right? And she's immediately seen. She's with immediately an angel. seen with the angel, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> then I was honestly expecting someone to say that's what she said when you started talking about back doors, because that's where <laughs> this show is going. It is. Hey, I didn't say anything about her fishing in for so Pygar's pecker. <laughs> he has been waiting. I, I think just call it, call it the junk box from this point the on. Pygar's junk box. <laughs> yeah, yes. just there it is. There it right is. There, bang, put it on the table. So, uh, so they, she's, they're seen by the people of Sogo, and then some of them go out and start to harass them. Uh, they escape into a... Uh, a, a room 
That's well. She escapes into the suicide room, and Pygar yeah. gets captured. Well, they both go into the suicide room together, right? Because she says, Pygar, back up because there's a room behind us. There's a way out oh, behind right. us. And they both go in there, and then they find out it's a, a room of death. You can choose, choose the way you want to die. Death by Bunga Bunga, death by Mathmos, death by whatever. Oh, yeah, oh. these different doors I'll open, and you hear, <laughs> and you hear exactly. different screaming. I know screaming. what Bunga Bunga is. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the math most every time. You'll always choose door number three. Yeah. Did anyone notice that one of the 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 supporting people in the group, uh, like where Doctor Professor Ping was, looked like a full size Peter Dinklage? There's one uh, guy oh. in there. Really? One guy. Huh. He looks and he's just got that whole head. It's like. Huh. Oh. I, I was. Too busy just like noticing all the people who were like growing into the rock, yeah, but still like having sex. There's yeah. Yes, yeah, priorities. <laughs> it's a good or idea. or the people who were like walking around with just with the rock on their head and yeah. with no explanation. By the way, right? Yeah. Don't need one. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because I mean, uh, no, you don't want to pull at the whole thread of Barbarella. You start explaining one thing, you have to explain all of it. And, you know, <laughs> there's just no way to do it. So well, just let the rock right. guy walk. Let him go. I mean, even she wasn't curious about it, though. Nope. It's like, nope. wow, that's weird. Uh, that person's in a, like, they're all rock now, but someone's still, like, doing the sex thing with them. <laughs> well, think of the planets she's probably seen where weird stuff happens like that. I mean, she travels the galaxy in her spaceship. But she 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 was like totally brand new to sex. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. Like she this is, well, she keeps no portraying an innocent, an innocent yeah. that you don't think she has, or that you think she. Well, has. I don't well, know. Well, I'm no, just no. Well, I mean, the Mathmos kicked her out because yeah. of her goodness. Yeah, her innocence. You are so good, Barbarella. You made the Mathmos vomit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so did Pygar. So to this newly initiated sexual being. Mm-hmm. You'd think they should stop for a minute and say, "Hmm, look at that." And just said, "Just look, look. There's that. Right. I know. <laughs> what, I know what that is now." Yeah. And yeah. it's like I don't know. I don't think that's how you do it. <laughs> and uh, even with their limited experience, that's not how you do it. You just you know. <laughs> are they yeah. are they supposed to be fully encased in rock while doing this? <laughs> no one's concerned about this. Well, they were getting their rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That pun even hurt me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! That that made my poop sick. <laughs> that's, that's just that's just bad. That's just so what the bad. What is wrong with you? Oh man! Oh man! Man, the milk the milk I have back in my apartment is now bad because of that pun. It's like it just made all the produce in in my entire refrigerator just wilt. Oh God! I think I think this show's gonna oh, be a lot of editing. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Charles seems totally unaffected by by what I'll just call the pun storm. No, oh, no, yeah, I was I was thinking about something to do with rock climbing, but you. I think you beat it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's more of a literally. Yeah. yeah. What did you have? What were you thinking about in terms of rock climbing? Was no, it, I was just I, I, mentally. I was going to spin in rock climbing because that's yeah. what. Crow. Right. Yeah. Sounds sexual to me. 
You know, and that would have made Crawl much more interesting on the rock climbing scenes if there were people embedded in the rock having sex. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> right. It, it would have helped. Yeah. Crawl. It really a, lot of, a lot of things could have helped Crawl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like not Anything could have helped Crawl. Not using the, all the B-roll rather than like, the primary footage, which is what it leaked, seemed like they did. It's like yeah. they used all that extra footage. So right. it was awful. Ca- the castle could have just been completely carpeted in three-inch fur. Yeah. Oh, that would have been sweet. The space shag coming. The, uh, ten minutes of orange shag just landing well, on the, by the ca- that, camera. Yeah. No, I want them to work because you don't want to be in a shag place and have fire come out of your hands. True. Like in mm. crawl. True. Well, it won't, it won't catch trap. on fire. It'll just melt. That's just nylon. That's that's what they just discovered. Like uh, poly, uh, like polymer fabrics, and it's like they, it was all the rage. Oh, well, they might have had it treated with a took fire it a little too far. Probably oil. had asbestos in it too. <laughs> We're talking about the people who invented the leisure suit and thought it was the great. They actually thought that was going to replace clothes. Yeah. That the leisure suit was the wave of the future. And it's yeah. like so. Yeah, we really should lean on these people as uh, the paragons of wisdom, right? In terms of fashion. So, yeah, perhaps. But Shag, I, I feel that they threw the baby out with the bathwater there because Shag's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It is. So Can now. No, oh, please. Here's my next question. So they capture. So they, they go to the room of death. They are rescued. Room of, room of death. I just they, like the sound of that. Yeah, they, they're rescued from the, and I say rescued, by the evil assistant to the queen the concierge the concierge correct they're rescued out of there um only to be taken to another way of death right what a way of death it was well no Uh, i'm talking first about the bird they're thrown in with a bunch of finches yeah she's thrown in she's separated from pygar and then she's thrown into the the death by bird cage yeah and then she falls out of the death by bird cage thing, falls door. through a trap door, and ends up in the lair of Dildano. The yeah. leader right. of the resistance. Well, right. it's the resistance headquarter. The The lair of Dildano seems to carry way <laughs> different connotations. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the quest you wanted to go on, on your D&D adventure. <laughs> roll, for, roll for adventure. Hey, Dildano. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and he's kind of a doofus. Yeah. A doofus perv. Yeah. 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 And uh, wow. so she gets there, but he's working with the resistance, and they're trying to get rid of the queen so they can get rid of the mathmos and get rid of the evil and fix their society, apparently. Yeah. And, uh, well, and he'd been waiting <clears throat> a long time to try hand sex. Yeah, he right. Oh, yeah. He was right. just total fetish on that. Total, on that right, because she place. was so as fascinated and as um, excited Barbarella became by the thought of real sex. Dildano was as excited by the thought of the Earth, Earth sex with the, with the pill. take the rapture pill yeah. and hold your hand out for a minute and. <laughs> and uh, so she was not very excited about that at that she point. Was, no, she was no. Once she found real sex, the pill rapture sex meant nothing. Yeah. But then they do it anyway, and 
it was hilarious because Dildano, it goes on for quite a while until smoke starts pouring out of Dildano's ears, right? Yes. And, and both good, of their hair, like it curls yeah. Barbarella's hair, <laughs> right. and his just goes nuts. His and... just goes nuts. <laughs> smoke starts pouring out of his ears. So uh, it would seem to me that the earth form maybe isn't as bad as Barbarella let on. No. She didn't see she didn't seem very excited by the whole that whole thing. She was just like because right. at one point she kind of forgets that she was doing it and then he he's just like hey hey I'm still like, here. Oh, oh right, I finished. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so that happens and then they leave to go out and sort of uh try to uh, get the resistance going. And Barbarella, again, is captured Imme- by the concierge. <laughs> Immediately captured. Immediately captured. Oh, but... She's, right, go ahead. She uh, she takes a hit of essence of man. <laughs> right. So they have this, like this big bong with a man floating in the water. Oh, yeah. And then all these tubes coming off, and there's these people laying around in various forms of undress, smoking, and this woman offers Barbarella... Uh, uh, a take of, a, a hit, hit of on man. it, right? <laughs> and would you like this? And well, what is it? Essence of man. So she tries it. Mm, that's actually quite good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so about that point, she gets captured by recaptured by the concierge, and this time she's taken to an interesting machine. <clears throat> John, how would you describe that? Uh. <laughs> It's it's kind of like every Doctor Who episode I've ever seen. It has like some of the cheapest effects I've ever seen, <laughs> but they have power. They punch. It's like, uh, and I don't know how they constructed the, for lack of a better word, orgasmic organ. Yes. But it was a fantastic effect. It's like yeah, the the it's undulating. It's un- undulating. The yeah, the, and that's that word's just not used as much no. as it should be in our right. society. But right. but no, the undulating uh, uh, paddles, louvers, louvers, paddles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great effect. Which also have the added option of removing your uh, victim's clothes, garments. It does. It all, all by itself. Shoot them yeah. out. Shoots them out of the side of the yeah. machine. At which she was wearing an invisible key at that point, but no one ever let. She must have kept wearing the invisible yeah. key. It, it didn't even get though it, she apparently. was stripped naked, right? Because if it had, they never would have found it. Right. Invisible key. And so mm. then the concierge is playing the organ, and the more violently and vigorously he plays the organ. The more Violently violent and, and vigorously, vigorously the it machi- plays her exactly, <laughs> and the concierge his his acting while playing that organ is Oscar worthy. Yes, <laughs> it's like, it was it's amazing. It's like, his intensity is just awesome. It's right yeah. there. I'm gonna get you. Yeah, Arr. yeah, and uh, so, but um, what uh, the concierge didn't take into account is Barbara's Barbarella's intense sexuality which is more than a match for the orgasmic machine and as a result uh, the concierge is playing it so vigorously and the machine's working so hard and barbarella's just 
just going with the flow. The machine starts smoking. The wires catch fire. The machine's burning up. And we actually read this when we were at lunch after watching the show, is that they did not tell any of the actors that the machine was rigged to catch fire. Oh. Because they were afraid they wouldn't want to do the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sounds like a 1960s European production. Yeah. So... So that's uh, that might explain why he was so quick to get her out of the machine. Yes, yes. <laughs> ah, well, how dare you! <clears throat> quick, quick. Get, get well, out. and listen, what? myself watching the show up to that point, we've seen this whole ridiculous series of seemingly disjointed pieces that are patched into this movie, and we get to this point, and she's in the machine, and it catches fire, and I'm like, you know, if I was that actress. I would not have gone into that machine having seen the rest of the production. <laughs> I wouldn't have trusted anybody to be unhigh enough to rescue me in the event of a problem. Well, the other, right? The other thing is, back in those times, there was a pretty good chance her hair could have set fire. Oh, yeah, yeah there, right. Yeah. All the right. hair care products were extremely yeah. flammable. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so, so I, so that. It, Explains it. They they didn't tell him. That's why she was. That's why she was willing to be in there. Yeah, that's I, why she I, looked fairly concerned during the yeah. scene too. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I thought that it's the uh, the concierge was just like after his machine fails. He's like, ah, you broke my machine. I'll kill you now. Let's get you out of there before you burn to death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I'll ki- yeah. but I'll kill you for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. It was just. Uh, you know, it was one ridiculous thing after another. They could have dispatched her so many ways. It was yeah. almost like watching a Bond villain. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Right? Because they put you in this seemingly Bond, yeah. inescapable situation in which you will die, and then they don't remain there to watch it actually finish. They just assume it kills you, and they leave, and then, of course, you escape. Yeah, the birds, one example. Yeah. <laughs> the orgasmic machine. Um, yeah. And... Uh, so she, she gets out of the orgasmic machine, and then about that time, we find out that the concierge is actually the mad scientist she's looking for. But she didn't recognize him because age. he had aged substantially mm. because she was expecting a 25-year-old person, and this guy looks like he's our age. Yeah, fifty, late fifties, early sixties, or whatever, and uh, and it's all because the mathmos ages you. It it somehow gives you. It has a price. Uh, some, yeah, I think the mathmos aged him because no one else yeah. there looked. The evil like, queen. Yeah, the evil Beautiful. queen was just. Yeah. yeah. She didn't look like she was suffering any ill effects. No. 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 So he's like your typical Big. Sith. Yeah. 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 But you remember when, uh, all right, after this, the evil queen, uh, la-da-da-da-da, with Barbarella, Duran uh, Duran tries to kill them both, mm-hmm. and somehow on a video screen, something comes up, and it's Dildano, and Barbarella's like, it's Dildano, he'll rescue us, and my first thought is, he can't. He can't. He can't do anything. He can't he save can't. himself. It's like if that's my hope. Then yeah. all hope is lost. Cause, right. 
because Dildano is not the the resistance is not going to save anyone. Did no. they? Did in the end? Did no, they, no, they, they all got sent to the fourth dimension. I don't remember that, but sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, Duran Duran's kind of invention. Is he's ah. built this laser that's powered by the Mathmos that can send things into the fourth dimension irretrievably. Yeah, you know, and that's that's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing that happened to Robin's minstrels. <laughs> yeah, there was much rejoicing. Yes, yes Dildano has yeah. been banished to the fourth dimension, and we couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, we pretty much we couldn't. Pretty much everyone in the labyrinth and the maze got sent to the fourth dimension, and no one says anything about it after it happens. Right. It's just like, oh, well, they're in a better place now. Bye. Bye. But in the yeah. process, they managed to destroy all of Sogo, the Resistance, right? And no, I, I don't think the Resistance had any role in that at all. Probably Duran Duran they... destroyed Oh, Sogo. it was the Queen, right? Because Barbarella's locked in the room because oh, yeah. she's got the invisible key. She can open the invisible door and get gets, into the queen's inner sanctum. Gets trapped inside. She gets trapped Durand inside Durand. with the queen. And then the queen says, well, what he doesn't realize is that I control the Mathmos or something like that. And I will destroy the entire city yeah. oh, yeah. and the Mathmos will eat everything. So she releases the Mathmos and then Barbarella <laughs> opens the door and Pygar flies them both out of there. Yeah, well, they both get eaten by the Mathmos, but the Mathmos vomits, vomits them, them up <laughs> because they're too good. And then she gets Pygar to fly them back to her ship so she can get out of there. Yeah, and at one point they are, I think, somebody asks Pygar if, they can for, ever for, if he can ever forgive someone for what they did to him. And he's like, an angel has no memory. Right. While he's clearly remembering... Yeah. Barbarella, so I have that down as an angel has no memory. Pygar, a right. dumb angel. Maybe it's <laughs> angels have no long-term memory? I, I <laughs> don't know. We have short-term memory, we angels, yeah. but when there's no long-term long -term memory. memory. When, when the show ends in a love triangle. <laughs> I, I love just wa every time a little bit of I, John I, dies. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I think it's all gone. I am, it's like it's like like someone pulls a tooth and you you well, look around your mouth with your tongue. And it's like eh, there it is. But but <laughs> yeah. the, now it's like I'm so desensitized. Man, well, no, it, so it makes sorry. the whole thing makes it because <clears throat> Dildano and the resist it, anything named after a sex toy everybody forgets about after it's sent to the fourth dimension. Right. Like as if it never happened. Right. <laughs> I think, right. Which is kind of like this show. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I think one of these days, John is going to just tell one of the worst puns ever, and then we will really know that he's fallen to the dark side. That's what she said. Or he's going to explode. He will be. He will be under the spell of the dark gourd. <laughs> All hail dark gourd. <laughs> well. Here, Here's my thought. I think what we need to do, a project for the Galactic Driftwood team, is to unearth the blueprints for the orgasmic machine and build it as a prop for the next con. No one would know what it was. <laughs> Absolutely no one would know it. The, the only chance, the, the only people who would know would be the people who go to like OzFest because they're ancient. And it's yeah. like, but OzFest is no more. And I think... Yeah, I mean, well, the last OzFest, most of the OzFest uh, members were just one cold and flu season away from death anyway. <laughs> so it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was getting there. 
It was. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know that there's anyone in the generation would know what it was. It's like. Well, we could put up signs. And maybe. Cardboard cut but, out no, of we could, we could preserve the historical uh, wonderness that yeah. was the, the Barbarella. Yes. And, and incite a whole new generation of people to watch Barbarella for some reason. I think and, I think we could do that. We could also get like a um, a backdrop of the inside of her shag spaceship that ah. people could stand and pose in uh, next to a you know standy of Barbarella. That, that would be easy to do. Yeah. Well, actually, how hard is it to find four inch shag though in <laughs> in modern day America? I don't. Do they make it? There so? it is, right there. That's not four inches. No. Well, that, actually, that that might something like it, that. It, it would pass. But my wife need, is holding up orange. a my wife is holding up a sheepskin. Yeah, but we need Doesn't like quite well, work. We need like like t- uh, dozens of feet of right. that. I mean, that can add up in a price. We should call Nebraska Furniture Mart and see if they sell shag carpet. I bet. I'm guessing the answer is no, but <laughs> I, I I would imagine they sell everything. It's so, like some they might know. not get a lot of order. It might be something that you know it has to be special ordered. Yeah, that that's uh, there's like. Overnight, China will build a whole special village just to make this shag carpet for us. But it's like, you know, maybe. Maybe it could be done. <laughs> for some reason, you, that, you get that, that from Amazon. That uh, really affected yeah. our yeah. studio audience. I, I don't. The idea of, a, of an entire village just, just making shag carpet. Right. Has to be. And you know what? For you, Bill, it doesn't mean? have to be orange. It, it can, can be, be blue. It can be the blue. Yes. <laughs> yes. Special shade. We'll actually call it Barbarella Blue. Just there you, for you. go. Mm-hmm. I like it. Just for you. Or Bill Blue. Bill. Well, Bill you Blue. can buy shag carpeting, but not quite what we saw in uh, Barbarella, at least not for my initial search. But, ah. I mean, maybe time will tell. We've, yeah. got, we've got some blue stuff here. Hmm. Well, yeah. worth considering. Check, we can just check every windowless van we see. <laughs> so, sooner or later, we're going to find some. I don't want to look in that van. Yeah. And I don't want to touch the whatever shag carpeting is inside that van <laughs> after all this time. I think the only van that probably would, would work that would have that is probably already in the possession of the Secret Service. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, where are we at here? I yeah, think uh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I think we're uh, at our limit. So we, we we plumbed the depths, so to speak, here. So <laughs> oh. it, all right. So in 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 summation, are there any uh, lessons to be learned from Barbarella? Yes. Don't make a film when you're high. Yeah. Or do. Right. I mean, it's a classic I, for reasons. Well, true. It's a classic. Uh, it and it's like a drive-by classic. It's like, look at that! Someone did that. It's like, it's amazing. What amazes me the most is that uh, Jane Fonda had a career after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know. I'm honestly, I'm serious. That that's the kind of movie that kills people's careers, yes. right? Because you never saw Dildano in his own feature film. No, I don't think. Although Pygar went on to do some stuff after that. Did he? He was terrible. He was. He, I, 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 I did. All right, what did he do? Let me look. What did Pygar well, do? Because it's like no. If it, if he got written, I mean, decent lines. But Pygar's heart just wasn't in it. Whoever the actor was, just I don't want to do this. But rents do. 
<laughs> I got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do this month? Uh, make this Barbarella. I was like, yeah, yeah. So that was played by John Philip Law. Okay. And and, uh, and he turned into a grown-up actor that did things. Yeah. I'm looking. Well, but sweet. I, I would like to something a little critical about this. I think. <laughs> okay. I think, I think if you're going to do, do a, a film concerning, you know, sexual revolution themes, there should be a definite beginning, climax, and resolution. And I don't think this film was very clear. No. In in what in the climax or the resolution? Okay. Yeah, the the yeah. the end of the movie left a lot to be desired. Yeah, but I think Charles just... talking about the wisdom money shot is that he's not feeling that it was there for him. He I didn't see the, the culmination. I think the problem was is that the film had too many climaxes. <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get back to work on what you're doing. Okay, so I found it. <laughs> I was just trying to create an interlude here. Mm. <laughs> interlude. <laughs> It's like just put on a little Barry White, put on, <laughs> turn up the candles. You're oh, right. that's right. No, it was the whole film was nothing but foreplay. Yeah. Okay, so John yeah. Philip Law. So no, you're right. Actually, there was nothing that that like actually justified the hours that we spent watching it. Even right. though it wasn't hours, it felt like it. It did. <laughs> it did. So um, following a breakthrough role as a Russian sailor in The Russians Are Coming, oh, The Russians oh, Are Coming, oh. uh, from 1966, Law became best known for his role as gunfighter Bill Malice, uh, M-E-C-E-I-T-A, Masita, in the spaghetti western Death Rides a Horse, 1967. Wait, so he did Barbarella after this? Yes. Then he, he was, had options. Then he was the blind angel Pygar in the cult science fiction film Barbarella with Jane Fonda. Then after that, he w- played the title character in the cult action film Danger Diabolic, well, which was filmed same time, right? at yeah. yeah by the same crew. Yeah, they as did Barbarella. share a lot of actors from that too. They, yeah. yeah, they filmed Danger Diabolic and then Barbarella. Um, and then uh, after that, he played the character of Manfred von Richthofen in Von Richthofen and Brown, 1971. Uh, then he was news anchor Robin Stone in The Love Machine. You've all heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch porn, so no. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Later, uh, reteamed with uh, Alexandra Hay. His co-star from the 1968 acid comedy Skidoo. Skidoo. All right. So I don't know. It's fun so to say. quite a quite an accomplished career. Thanks. Oh, he was also huh. in the, he was also in the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, um, Attack Force Z, with Mel Gibson, Space Mutiny, and also featured in the movie-mocking TV series Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, well, of course Ooh. it was, for this movie, <laughs> for yeah. the one we just talked about. He God, was... you know, I'd love to see that MSK uh, 3000, that MST 3000. Uh, I would love to see them roast Barbarella. I think yeah. that'd be incredible. Yeah, it in would fact, be. why didn't we see it, that before? It might we be did just this? so easy though, they won't even do it because it just it's just so rife for I guess if we'd actually seen it, yeah. we would have lost the will to do this episode. So right. yeah. No, it's just as well that we did not. 
Um, Law's final credited film role was in 2008's Chinaman's Chance. So up up until very recently, he was still acting. But I mean, I can't believe that he did Barbarella after doing popular movies. He was still in films. That people liked. Oh, uh, so in December of 2007, so his last film was in 2008. In December of 2007, doctors diagnosed him with pancreatic cancer. Um, He died five months later, May 13, 2008, at his home in Los Angeles. So now he's an angel. Actually, he's got his filmography is is uh, quite expensive. Yeah. yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, a lot of films he was in. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad Barbarella didn't like sniper his career. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because I I'd love to look up Del Dono's career. I'd, I'd well, let's see. Well, oh boy, I'm, so here we go. I'm but, curious. I well, I know. think we need to get to our big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. We do. We can probably look that up later, as can all of you. I mean, everybody's got Google, right? Everyone has IMDb. Inquiring minds want to know about the course of Dildano's life. <laughs> okay, so our big exciting announcement is that um, there is a uh, science fiction audio drama that is being uh, recorded um, right here in Omaha. Actually, uh we had a recording session here in this very studio just uh, last Saturday, last weekend. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have the uh, creative team that's putting that together on our show, the next podcast. Um, we've got uh, three ladies coming. Um, Mary Oliver, who is the author of the um, audio drama and also the artistic director, will be here as will April Corbett, who is the sound engineer and composer for the audio drama, and Katie Otten, who's the acting director. Um, and I should also mention uh, Katie plays a character in the film, the voice of uh, Bailey, and uh, Mary Oliver uh, also plays uh, a character. She's voicing the uh, character of Moselle in the show. And I'll just give you there's a quick synopsis of the audio drama. Um, so takes place in the town of Dundee, crouching uncomfortably in the ruins of Omaha, is the only place not covered in the haze, a fog that brings madness and death to those who enter it. It has been 131 years since a voice from the outside of the town has been heard. One evening, a broadcast of unknown origin is intercepted. Curious, the town sends four volunteers to brave the haze in search of the originator of the message, each one traveling north, south, east, or west across the Midwest and reporting their exploration and discoveries and tales in an evening report. So anyway, we'll have them on the show next time, and uh, we'll learn all about this new audio drama and when they expect to have it out and where you might be able to find it. And... Um, Actually, I, too, in full disclosure, am going to be one of the actors on the show. I, am, I think I'm playing the role of a mad scientist, which would be a stretch for me. <laughs> hmm. a bit can of can, can bit they of... survive your puns, though? I mean, <laughs> do you rein it in for other shows? Well, I, I, mean, I just have, I have to stick to the script. Yes. All right, but no, in between. So, so Acting. 
See, puns are fair game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in between acting. Okay. Yes. yes. Mm, it's right. like, right. Yeah. I'm free to haze them all I want. You <laughs> are free to do as you will, sir. How do you the, are? How, I'll how, hail the gourd. Yes. <laughs> how do the other voice actors survive entering the house of puns? Yeah, no doubt. It's like we do. We know they have. Huh. It's like yeah. There's there's a strange negative punic energy floating in the air. It could all be in the math most blown my house. Uh, yes. Or the myth, of the mist of this uh, new story. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're all, yes. They terrible. could be. They could be the haze. It's terrible. It's like yeah. The haze uh, of puns. Don't you right? Yeah. Well, I'm looking Not only are you in the story, you probably inspired the story. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I yeah, am, I, I think am so. Too. I am. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, didn't uh, Miss Otten do our intro? She did. Yep. So um, those of you that watch the show um, from beginning to end will have heard Katie Otten open us and send us out at the end of every show. So, uh, yeah, she's um, an accomplished actress in the Omaha area. Um, she's going to be teaching acting, actually, out at UNO. She just got hired for that. Um, and she also does voice acting. Um, you'll hear her on <coughs> different shows, uh, video games. She did voice acts. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. It- if you're interested in seeing some of uh, Katie Otten's work, uh, we have those linked on our contributors page. On the website. Oh, on the website. Very nice. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's our exciting uh, message for this episode. So tune in next time for uh, information on the haze. And uh, until then, keep listening. Listen as many times as you want. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Watch with a friend. Get it out there. Do it. Do it now. Do it. I'm Bill. I'm John. I'm Charles. I'm Audie. And I'm Seth. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now... Please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.